podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's John Gibbons for the Ampere Wrap. Are we in Madrid? Uh, we've woken up on not quite a sunny day as what we'd like to, but it's still exciting because Liverpool are back in the um, Champions League uh, knockout stages in the last 16 uh, to play Atletico Madrid. And so we're doing a preview from out here in Madrid and who better to start with than uh, an old friend and obviously Spanish football expert, uh, Gillen Balaguer. So, Gillen, thanks for taking some time. And I'm pleasure, John. sure it's a very busy day. But you know what? The match days tend to be relatively quiet because there is not much to report about from, apart from waiting for the game. So what tends to happen is that you go to the stadium a couple of hours before and then you meet a lot of people that are there, former players or colleagues. A uh, good couple of hours where you just, just catch up and then the game happens and then you just have to follow the lead of the game. So in terms of the match itself, I've woken up to a few stories uh, over from, from the English press um, suggesting that this might be the, the most possible uh, dangerous opponent for Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool have been all conquering this season, as I'm sure you've, you've followed as a, as a sort of a proud scouser in a way. Um, but this is a suggestion maybe that if anyone might be able to do a number on Liverpool, that it, that it could be this Atletico team. In theory and paper, is the, is, is the worst type of enemy for Liverpool because they know how to defend very well uh, as a team, as a unit. Uh, they can pressure high, they can defend deep, medium blocked. Defensively, you would say in paper, they, they, they're very well sorted. And in fact, the, the stats prove it. It's 17 goals conceded in 24 games in the league. So from that point of view, yes. The problem is they got Atletico, the, the worst Atletico Madrid since the arrival of Simeone. Uh, and this is not just down to the lack of uh, goal scoring form. They just don't score goals. Uh, and if Morata doesn't score them, nobody does. I know that Costa is back today, but he won't be on, on much, much fit. And if he doesn't score, hardly anybody else scores. That's down to a, to a team that lacks a series of things that were the trademark of Simeone's teams. Defensively, yes, they, they, they know the theory, they know how things work, but they have lack of focus. They considered eight goals in set pieces already this season, something that they were experts at. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't defend as a unit as, as, as well as they used to. They don't counter-attack so much, uh, they don't uh, create as many chances, uh, they, they don't have the leadership of the past. So uh, twice already Simeone has mentioned this season that is a, a kind of transition into something else. Transition because you don't have Griezmann, you don't have Godin, you don't have Juan Fran, Felipe Luis, all those guys that were so important on and off the pitch, they're not there. And leadership, you cannot just say, right, now, you and you are the leaders. You cannot go like that. You have to just wait for people to grow. Of course. At some point, Koke may be one, but such a nice guy. Uh, Saul, maybe. Thomas. But some of the players that are there, they're not thinking that this is a, a team to stay in. Thomas had an offer from Spurs and almost left. Uh, Oblak is stalling on a new contract. Uh, Saul has had dreams of being in the Premier League and Manchester United approached him in the past. So, I think they've got the heads here, but thinking that perhaps we've seen the end of an era. It doesn't seem that that transition is becoming um, or is, is happening quick enough. I mean, you mentioned there an end of an era. If, if, if that is the case, I mean, it needs some sort of recognition of what an era it was because Atletico were held up, especially in England, by the as an example of punching above your weight. So Everton fans talk about it all the time, well, we want to be the Atletico of, of England. And I don't think that's just because they see us as like the Real Madrid, but it's more of a case of they've shown what can be done on, on relatively limited resources with a passionate fan base and, and playing in a certain way. 
Don't buy everything that Simona tells you. This idea that uh, <laughs> that we are the poor neighbors. Because they are the third budget in the division. They've spent a hundred and what was it, twenty-seven million euros on one nineteen-year-old player. They're not a poor team, but uh, they. Simone quite clearly has put a narrative out there that uh, that we don't have the resources of others. Others being Barcelona, Madrid. Fair enough. Hence, we have to be the humble guys that work really hard and you know punch above our weight. They're not punching above, above, above the weight now. They're punching under the weight. Is that a saying? Can yeah, you say that? Right. Basically, <laughs> they, they they should be doing much better with the resources they've got. But certainly, it can be identified by the evidence of this world as as a reference because yes, there was a time where not even money would take them where they are now. Uh, they 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 um, they ask themselves what kind of club we. We are. Once by chance they found Simeone as the solution, but once once he was the leader, I thought, what kind of club are we? Well, let's let's get Simeone to tell us. And he's been the leader uh, all these years since 2011, and he won't be sacked. Uh, there'll be reasons for it because I feel that the, the team has stalled a little bit. There is no the freshness of the past and all those things that we were saying before. Also, they signed somebody like Lemar for 70 odd million euros with the idea of moving the team to a more offensive uh, you know, phase. But he hasn't worked, uh, so they're trying to get rid of him already. So they made mistakes in the market. But Simeone uh, has got a question to ask himself, can I get this team further? Uh, and if not, if he decides to leave, that's the only way for him to leave. Atletico Madrid are prepared. They, they approach Pochettino and, and they would like him to be the next manager. Okay. If uh, Simeone leaves, but it's all down to Simeone. He, as you were saying at the beginning, he, he basically um, has earned the right to decide what he wants to do because he's done a marvelous job at the club. In terms of tonight, then, how do you think Atletico approach it? Because you know they'll be wary of Liverpool on the counter attack. They'll be wary of Liverpool, you know, as, as an attacking force. But then they need to have something to take to Anfield as well. They're very close in the way they, they work without the ball, very close. The midfielders, three in the case of Liverpool, four in the case of, uh, of Atletico Madrid. In fact, the four of them are centre midfielders, really. Uh, they, they, are, they hunt for the ball, they, they're very strong physically. Uh, they're becoming more dangerous, coming from the second line, from deep, in offensive, you know, an offensive move. So, from that point of view, all very equal. And they, uh, they club as well how they pressure and where they pressure. They, they, they're very good at that. The problem is that with the ball, uh, Liverpool have got it all sorted, haven't they? So you just go, just go like, boom, boom, chance. How? How did that happen? It's like that. And there's a like, punch. And then once you get the first one, you get the second one. It's like, oh my God. So that's Liverpool. And Atletico Madrid don't have that. So you're saying, yeah, if, if they decide to defend deep, because Liverpool, um, if you are going to, get the worst Liverpool, in a way, give them the initiative. So, there you are, you've got the ball, see what you can do. Even so, you know, they've got a lot of solutions, you know, the switch between the full backs, the Henderson coming into the box, the movement of the front three in central positions, all that is, it's much, much better than Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, if they defend deep, and they're forced to defend deep by Liverpool, they kind of counter-attack because they haven't got a lot of pace. Morata's back into the side, he can add a little bit of pace, but I just feel that uh, with the ball, there's a big difference. And there's another thing. Uh, you saw it recently against Valencia, for instance. Atletico Madrid played really, really well about 35 minutes in the first half and 20 minutes of the second half. They haven't done 90 minutes of uh, intensity with and without the ball, uh, with chances. With, they haven't. Uh, so 
they are capable of, of doing it. And of course, remember, they haven't lost any game at the well at home in the knockout stages of the Champions League. Uh, so they could get a result. I think nil-nil would be a good result for Atletico Madrid and then, and then see what happens at Anfield. But in my eyes, Liverpool are, are clear favourites. And just before we finish, uh, Gillam, obviously, uh, in terms of the, the stadium, how that's working out for them, obviously it's a, it's a popular stadium for Liverpool fans. It's one that we hold very dearly, but they've been there, I think, almost three years now. Uh, so how are they finding it? And is it, and is it taking anything away from that kind of like home atmosphere? It's a fascinating thing because at the Vicente Calderón, the Simeone style just matched the scenario so well. It was an old stadium uh, with lift light, lifted light discs, so the sound stayed in and and uh, and was constant sound. It was just perfect for Simeone style. But then they go to this magnificent arena, uh, modern, big, where where the the noise goes out a little bit because it's built like this, and uh, it's like you know. It's like uh, doing a, a Shakespearean play in a coffee shop. <laughs> uh, you have to match what you do with where you are. And right now, you've got Atletico Madrid that don't play very well. That when they go one nil up, they allow the, the other team to take the initiative. It could be Eibar, it could be Valladolid, it could be whoever. And I think Atletico Madrid fans, now that they're sitting in this magnificent theatre, they want a better play. And, uh, and that kind of uh, diversion is, is part of what's happening. The one, Simone has tried it to put Koke and Saul in the centre midfield, by Lemar, by Joao Felix, but then put Joao Felix on the wing, the ball doesn't go, doesn't go through him as much as he should. A lot of things that means that offensively there's still a bit of an archaic kind of old-fashioned team. So it has been a, a contrast that even at the club they realise that, um, that they, need to, they need to find a new synergy with the team and that sometimes uh, Simeone is what, does what he does, he, he won't change. So sometimes it's about changing uh, the style a little bit to still keep winning, but to do it in a way that uh, matches the environment. Okay, um, huge thanks for joining us on a yeah, match day. Are you coming over to Anfield? Are you going to be at that game as well? Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I oh, will see you there. And I'm now with Sid Lowe, and Sid's brought us to a beautiful part of Madrid, uh, Largo. It was supposed to be light, nicer than this. <laughs> The, the sun hasn't come out for us. <laughs> but it's still very nice. We're sat on the lake, we're watching kayakers, uh, we're enjoying a coffee. Yeah, it's, it's not quite a Cerveza weather, unfortunately. There, there's, there's water back in it. They, um, they drained it. 50,000 fish. <laughs> I mean, it must have stunk, but there you go. <laughs> it's all right now. Well, here we are. I mean, obviously, we're in Madrid for, for the game, and um, you very helpelfully for us have been interviewing an Atletico player today. I mean, it's mainly for your work. Yeah, um, yeah, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't done for you. I, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'd love to claim that I was that generous, but, but I'm afraid I can't. I don't want to speak yeah. to me. I'll pull out all the stops. <laughs> I mean, how are the, how's the feeling amongst the Atletico ahead of this game then? Because you must feel like underdogs, but then that's their natural mentality. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think what's happened is, is there's been optimism born out of the pessimism, basically, and, and born out of the acceptance of the fact that they're not favourites. So, so you, you listened to Jan Oblak last night, and he, and he put it very simply, and I thought quite effectively, he said, look, any team that's virtually not lost in a year deserves to be favourites. And of course they're favourites. And I think what happened was when the draw was made, there was real disappointment and, and enormous pessimism because everybody knew that the team you didn't want was Liverpool. And so there was a sense that, well, that's that then. And I think what happens is that when you reach the point that you accept that you're probably going out, 
Then, of course, rather than having the pessimism, the, the, if you like, the natural fatalism of the football fan, which is, oh, God, what if we lose? What if, you know, what if, what if, what if we mess it up? What if we don't go through? Then you, 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 you kind of accept it. And then, of course, you start getting the optimism. Well, listen, given that we now can't be hurt because we've already accepted that we're going out, then the optimism comes up. Oh, well, what if we, we actually did this? And, of course, you know, to use the old cliche, it's the hope that kills you. And if there isn't any hope, then you can, you can effectively kind of come alive again. And I think what's happened over the last three or four days is that there's been a sense that, well, why not? There's been a sense that, and if it doesn't happen, fine. If we compete, we'll, we'll, we'll be satisfied with that, which is not to say they've totally given up. But as I say, that it's, that's been, if you like, the building blocks towards saying, oh, OK, maybe something can happen. And then it comes to the next point, which is exactly what, as you've said, that in a way, the natural state of Atletico Madrid is to be the underdogs, is to upset the odds, is to kind of beat teams that are better than you. And, and, and actually, that feeds into their, one of their problems this year, which is that by becoming so big, They've become, this is a very Spanish way of saying it, I don't know how to say it in English, they've become denaturalised or, it's, you know, they, 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 were, they were the rebellious team. But of course, when you spend 250 million euros in the summer, when you buy a player like Jao Felix, all of a sudden you can't play that underdog role in quite the same way. And I think, I think there was a slight disconnect or a, or a discomfort about that. And so maybe when you get Liverpool, you can kind of go back to being yourself again. Yeah, and so... Is the city looking forward to it then? And the football club will almost become a case of, well, we're looking forward to hosting Liverpool. Yeah. We're looking forward to almost putting one on them. I mean, I mean, look, there's, there, there are a number of elements, I think, to kind of feed into this. One is that sense of, this is the European champions. This is a great team. We almost can't lose now because, we, because most people assume we're going to lose. The other part of it, I think, is that it's Liverpool. And I say this to people a lot, but, but I, I do think it's worth stressing. Liverpool are special. And they're special in Spain as well. There are people who, who look at Liverpool and think, you know, this is really exciting. You know, this is a club that, that we can all admire anyway. That you know, People talk about Anfield. They remember the fact that the Champions League final went so well, that Liverpool fans and Spurs fans were, were brilliant, that it was a lot of fun, that it was very enjoyable. That this is a team that's really exciting to watch as well, that's very dynamic, that has three extraordinary players up front and a hell of a lot of good players everywhere else as well. And then you've got Klopp. And I don't get to see Klopp in press conferences very often. But I was there yesterday and, oh, he's brilliant, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, I love how And he, he really is. He just, just, just I wonder if he's incredible at it. Even, if he, even when he sort of messes up or like makes a mistake and obviously he's, he's, he's caused a few sort of, you know, ripples in Italy this week. And but his response to yeah, that yesterday was fabulous. Yeah, like, that's what he always does. I'm really sorry. Sometimes I talk before I open my mouth. I didn't mean to say that. And, and I loved his response, which was to say, you know, I don't do mind games. I wasn't saying this to make it difficult. I wasn't saying this to wind anyone up. I just mouth ran away with yeah. it. And, and he's, I think everybody loves Jurgen Klopp, yeah. I mean, he did something similar. I mean, this is off some trip. He did something similar around, you know, the Pogba thing. He's like, oh, we won't be spending 100 million pounds. Then obviously they spend close to it. And he was asked about that. And he was like, oh, don't listen to the nonsense, I say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was that sort of... Absolutely. Yeah, which, which sort of just diffuses Abs it. Absolutely. And, and, and I think there is an excitement about having him here, about having Liverpool here. There's a huge amount of respect as well for just for the results that Liverpool are producing. And, and, and bear in mind that Spain is a place that watches English football. You know, it's a place that's aware of it. It's got a sports media which, while it's focused on Madrid and Barcelona, has a lot of pages to fill and fills a lot of those pages with English football. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting to hear, Germany, because I think, you know, obviously we're in Liverpool and we're in the city, we're in the bubble. Of and course. We, and we always think we're a massive deal, even when we're not particularly. But I think there's that idea that now Liverpool worldwide, they get a box office now. Absolutely. But to be honest, I think in, in parts of Spain they already were. And this is one of the things that, that, that I say to people a lot, is that 
look, you're right. Every football fan thinks their club is special, right? And, and I know that people who, who aren't Liverpool fans in England sometimes think, oh, here we go again with the whole this means more, the whole we're different. And, and that, that, you know, that sticks in the throat for a lot of fans of other clubs. But actually, and I had this discussion with a mate of mine who's a Spurs fan, precisely this discussion about our oh, Liverpool special. And I said, look, honestly, you write a list of the five most special teams in England. There's no doubt that Liverpool are in it. And it's not just because they were the biggest team in England, they won the league every year, and obviously it's now been 30 years and, and they haven't. But it's about something intangible. It's about something else. And, you know, you put, you would, there's no doubt you put Liverpool in there. And, and even if part of it is myth-making, and even if part of it is telling stories, Anfield is different. If only because it has that liturgy and it has that kind of, that creation of, of, of an identity. And... So, seen from a Spanish point of view, you ask Spanish football fans about English clubs and they will all say, I'd love to go to Anfield one day. I'd love to see Liverpool play. There is something about Liverpool that's different. And Michael Robinson, obviously, Michael Robinson's not, uh, not neutral in this. He's biased. But I remember an interview that he did in Spain and, and what he said, I think, really reached people. And he said, look, playing for Liverpool is the closest thing you can get in English football to, to playing for a cause, to feeling like it's something well, beyond a game of football and I, and I think Spanish fans embrace that and then as I say then the reality happens which is obviously because I work in the media this is slightly different but I've got lots of Spanish colleagues who've been to games at Anfield and I don't think any of them have ever come back and not said bloody hell it really is good isn't it <laughs> fantastic and just to finish on the game tonight then and how do you think Atletico approach it because you know um, I was saying to Gillan before there's a, there's a natural state to be sort of fearful of what we can do on the counter and mm. on the break but then they must also think well we need something to take to Anfield yeah and, and also you know there's I think there's an awareness that when you look and, and actually Simeone expressed this a little bit yesterday when he was saying Liverpool would go down the history as being a great team and he, he implied they were better than those other great teams because he said they have a registros which is not easy to explain I suppose it's qualities or or resources, if you like, that are different to other teams. Said, so, you know, they're more intense than those teams we admired. They're more direct than those teams we admired. Now, of course, in part, this is Simeone, and he's talking about the kind of football he likes. But I think there is a belief in Spain that, as Simeone said yesterday, they have more variety than those teams. And this is one of the problems. Is this Atletico Madrid team was built on upsetting the odds. They beat Barcelona. They beat Bayern Munich. Although, admittedly, that time they beat Bayern Munich, they were hiding under the table for the last 20 minutes and just hoping Bayern would go away and not score, and they got very lucky. But they had teams that were really, really good at something and they could counteract it. I think there's a recognition that Liverpool are good at so many different things. So if you play this way to stop that part of Liverpool's game, well, they'll do the other part. And if you go and do the other part, well, they'll do the original part. And if you, don't, if you try and stop both those things, they'll find a... And I don't want to sound like Tony Blair here, but they'll find a third way. There is a sense that there's a variety about Liverpool that makes them harder to stop. That said, within that and within the context of this being a really, really good team, um, as you said at the start, was with Saul on Sunday and, and he was talking about the press. He was talking about the fact that at times Liverpool seem to be mad. He says it's wild. He says you watch a player and I, I, I like the Spanish. I'm going to translate this literally because I prefer this in Spanish than in English. And he says it's not that they say they go and press. He says one player leaps and of us leaps out the line and he says and it's mad. He says and you think it's mad but then someone goes with him. And then someone else goes with him. And he says, one of the things that Liverpool do, he says that when a player leaps, the others don't go, where are you going? And they go, we're going with you. <laughs> and he said, and, and Klopp said this, he said, Klopp says we play with heart. And in a way it is heart because it's this kind of emotional attachment to that guy who's gone, that guy who's leapt, I'm going to leap with him. And he said, but at the same time, this is mechanised. Don't believe this isn't planned. And he says, and when they do that, they're very, very difficult to stop. And he said, and they can get you in so many different ways. But then he also said, but all of those things considered, considering how good this team are, how varied they are, I think that when you're deep 
it makes it that bit harder for them because the thing that they are most good at is the speed of the transition, how quickly they do it. And, and he said, you know, he said, look, yesterday I was watching the Norwich game and he said, and if it wasn't for Manet doing a control that's, and he actually said, it was just, it's ludicrous. He shouldn't be able to do that. He said, they don't win. And he said, and yet that makes it sound like luck. And it's not luck. He says, this happens time and time again. And it's because they have these different ways of getting you. So I suspect that they will believe that they need to be quite defensive. I think we might see an embracing of parking the bus. I think we might see that. We might see them be, be, be very, very deep and try and not allow Liverpool to have space to run behind them. But of course, there's an awareness that then, okay, well then Liverpool might just come and press on us and push that bus into the net, which they might do. They might well do. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we keep saying things like, if anyone's good at doing that, it's Atletico Madrid. Well, the truth is this season they haven't been. They've been vulnerable for some set plays in a way that they weren't before. And Atletico know this. And as you say, they need something to go back to Anfield with. My suspicion is that the thing they most want to go to Anfield with is a clean sheet. And I suspect they want that almost more than the goal. Because, of course, then if it's nil-nil now, a 1-1 draw puts them through. And I think they probably think the value of a clean sheet is probably greater than the value of anything else. And so my suspicion is that that will be their intent. Of course, as Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan until someone punches you in the face. <laughs> Are you coming to Anfield? I'm unfortunately not coming to Anfield, although I'm trying very hard to, um, to wangle that. I've not given up hope. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I'm, try I'm trying to get to Anfield in, at the start of March for a league game. But um, if, I can, if I can wangle this, I will. But at the moment, it's looking a little ropey. <laughs> well, 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 I'll have my fingers crossed yeah. for you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so it's John Gibbons, and I'm delighted to be in the home of the Madrid Reds. Uh, what a lovely bar it is, too. Um, I'm led to believe it is we'll be rammed uh, for the match tomorrow but uh, right now we've got a little quiet space in the corner and I'm joined uh, by Jackie Gazza Manuel who are from the club so thanks very much for, uh, for coming to speak to us first of all or for us coming to you um, more specifically and Jackie if you could just tell us a little bit about the club first of all like how long it's been going and, and what kind of things you get up to I suppose so it's been going about 12 years officially I mean, there were a lot of people who came down to this pub to watch the match here beforehand but we've been an official supporters club for 12 years and obviously we get together to watch every single game. You know, I mean, this place is absolutely rammed. We welcome people from all over the world to watch it with us. We do regular pilgrimages back to Anfield as well. And then try to do kind of other activities. I mean, we do like a fair amount with the LFC Foundation, other charities as well. So just try and kind of really all those values that you love about Liverpool, just try and keep them alive here. Fantastic. And it must be a lovely feeling when, when Liverpool draw a Madrid club, guys, you know, must be kind of, you know, the WhatsApp groups are flying and stuff like that. There must be the hope there because obviously the last 16, hopefully we'll get a Madrid team and then, and then it happens. It must feel good. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I've been here 10 years and this is only the third time we've got a Madrid team. So, yeah, like uh, the first time was, was Atleti and the Europa League semi-final. Um, yeah, that was the, the volcanic ash cloud. So it was, it was an away end that was pretty sparse. So it wasn't quite so good. The last time we played Real was, um, Brendan Rogers when he, uh, when he left Stevie on the bench. <laughs> so I'm hoping for better things from this one, to be honest. Third time lucky. So I'm, uh, yeah, really excited about it. Can't wait to, uh, can't wait to get in there tomorrow. So yeah, looking forward to it. Manuela, what are you expecting from the game tomorrow? Well, I'm a little worried because uh, Atletico Madrid is uh, out of the race from uh, league, obviously, and out of the cap. So it's the last chance to, to save the season. So it mm, could be, uh, uh, from one point of view, say mm, they're not in good shape, they're not playing well, so it's a good opportunity. But on the other hand, that, that's the last chance to save the, and possibly even for uh, Simeone, 
last chance to to keep keep his job. So, so well, mm, I'm confident we have a good result, but won't be seen. Won't be seen. Yeah, so Liverpool do have a slightly better record yeah. here than, yeah. than kind of what I said there. I mean, it must be nice to for the supporters club like this. It's obviously a very active one and it, and it sounds great here on match day, but to become the kind of the centre of Liverpool's universe for the week. And I know, Jackie, you know, you're fitting us in with a lot of other media requirements and stuff like that. It must be exciting, you know. I'm sure I'm sure it was even madder for the fan. Yeah, but... I could do with a bit more of a rest, to be honest. <laughs> this game was just a little bit more time. It was like you know, a little bit too much too soon. No, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, you know, we love kind of people, welcoming people here. You know, we, we get a lot of interest from local media because they do find it a bit weird. You know, it's not like there's a Man United Madrid supporters club or a Chelsea or a Man City or whatever. There's a Man City one in Manchester City kind of area. So, you know, here they find it a bit weird and they find it weird that there's so many Spaniards involved like Manuel and, you know, upstairs now we've got like a dozen Spaniards sitting there waiting to talk to Spanish radio. And so they find it dead unusual that we've got, you know, such a kind of an active supporters club here in Madrid and we're not all expats. Yeah, I mean, guys, you were saying just before as well how how it's grown over the years and how obviously now that the, the Reds are mustard and uh, it's it's absolutely rammed down here, standing room only. The songs ago, we've got the flags here behind us, and you know, a little home from home. No, oh, yeah, exactly. Every every single week, loads of us in singing all the songs. Obviously, the way the songs spread across social media now, everybody, even if English isn't their first language, everybody joins in. Everybody goes mad for them. The place is bouncing of a game. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Like I said, um, I'm not a scouser originally. You can tell from the accent. Like I would rather be in here every single week than uh, than back home in Birmingham, to be honest. So, yeah, we, we without a, a doubt. We did have a slightly awkward moment with the final where UK media came down. They wanted two Spaniards to sing the LALA song. <laughs> and... Um, which was great because they knew like every word. Yeah, they cool. don't speak English, but they, knew every, <laughs> but they knew every word of the song. But we could not, not stop them from saying... Thing. Right, okay. And you yeah. go, no, just drop that song, and they go, we won the. <laughs> <laughs> it was Northwest tonight, wasn't it? Oh. They, we, we were trying to do a piece for the news at six thirty, and they couldn't stop swearing. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be strange, man. Well, for for people who kind of live here who don't necessarily know who walk past this bar, maybe on a on a Saturday afternoon, like, what on earth is going on in there? What are all those singing for this? But you know, one of the Madrid teams isn't even playing, but it, but it's all kind of happening. It must be quite strange yeah. for them. The papers they found it strange. Why is this uh, Liverpool branch in Madrid? Why? Uh, what What are the crazy people doing here? Yeah. But they more and more understand it and with every match, especially the final this year and today. They understand that, well, there's a, there's a group here. We have been like, attracting media and, well, they, they know that the, there's, a, there's a different, let's say, different club. I don't imagine uh, I don't know Tottenham, Chelsea, Branch <laughs> in Madrid, but but Liverpool is different and have a different culture, so so that's why the people understand it better, especially Atletico Madrid supporters that are very close to them. 
Yeah. As far as I know, apart from Celtic, there isn't another supporters club uh, around the, the, the city. There's a little Arsenal one somewhere, yeah, but we've, we're very kind of just Arsenal like... Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing, like, nothing like, like this. Like three of them or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to let the guys go. Uh, this, as I say, there's, there's, there's radio going on upstairs. Obviously, you can hear a bit of singing and everything in the background, but thanks a lot for welcoming us to your home. Uh, we're going to have a few cervezas tonight and enjoy uh, from Madrid as offer and hopefully enjoy a Liverpool win tomorrow. Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Sports Social Podcast Network.